innovation is in our veins. Soon the whole world will know our names. Sharing our knowledge and freedom reign. We here for the people, you know it's our way. Setting foundations is part of the dream. It doesn't matter if you're new to the game. Listen up now, cause we all gon' say, Ugh. Elevate, elevate, elevate. Higher, elevate, elevate, elevate. Higher, we gon' rise up. We all gon' shine. Work through adversity, stay on the grind. Elevate, elevate, this is our time. Elevate, elevate. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, everyone. It's so great to have you all on one more time. It's your boy, Josh Dalton. And we're grateful to be back on with you once again. Yeehaw. And <laughs> Yeehaw. here we go. Here we go. There's a lot to get into today. Uh, investments. We're going to get into investments today. And what could be happening behind the scenes with your investments? And uh, especially in those economy, it's getting crazy. Yeah, I mean, I got a headline on my phone today, and all it said was crypto is dead. So... <laughs> Must be true. <laughs> true. That's a sign that uh, it's time to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting how it's framed. Yeah. yeah. Crypto's dead. That's only for rich people. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. When you find out later, a Bitcoin ends up hitting a million dollars in five years, and you're just like, oh, maybe I should have invested when it was 20000 I think about that now where I'm like, I remember just like in high school, I, like I would see it on like um what's the website it's like Mi- minecraft server hosting yeah they would take bitcoin and i was like oh. is this like to evade reporting like what is going on and i looked into it and i was like oh a bitcoin's like five grand like what and of course in high school like i don't have five grand to even consider this i didn't know about buying just parts of it right if i had then just, just a fraction one. Oh, just one bitcoin if i just bought um, one right that would be so sick yeah <laughs> <laughs> the fact that no, I know, I knew no one who was talking about it then. No, what yeah. was the first time you heard someone talk about crypto? Uh, first time I heard about it would have been 2014. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was weird. It was actually I was in a business class at Dow, and I was in a group of kids that are guys who were, were doing a sales class, and um, and they were talking about Bitcoin, and I was like, "What is this thing?" And they were kind of educating me on it. And uh, at the time, I think that year Dow was actually. Um, installing like a bitcoin machine on campus um that you you could you know essentially transfer your fiat currency for bitcoin mm-hmm. oh the atms yeah yeah and uh and i was like oh that's kind of cool and uh and there's like yeah this is gonna be pretty big and like at the time i think it was about the same like bitcoin is about five grand at the time and i was like oh, i just don't have five grand right now but i would love to invest in this and that's the thing because of my Canadian mentality where you can't buy fractional shares in our market. Yeah. Um, I was like, you can't buy a fractional Bitcoin. I didn't have five grand as a student at the time. Right. But again, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, if I you know, just could have just bought, you know, bought 10 bucks a day or whatever, five bucks a day. Right. You know, it would have been okay. <sighs> but, you know. I know. Man. We learn. We live and learn. And now I, I started buying in 2020 instead. So. Right. Uh, equally, I mean, good yeah. time. But. Yeah. It's interesting. I remember in, in college, I heard someone talk about like working in, in a blockchain company. And I was like, what is this stuff? Like everyone's talking about this. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And now to see it and then like Web3 and all this stuff, I'm like, oh, it's happening. Yeah. Like, right now. And then to see somebody in the space commit the biggest fraud of our lifetime. <laughs> dude. Like, well, they, they're interviewing Jordan Belfort. Like, what are your thoughts on this? He was like, dude, when you start, makes, t- puts when, me to shame. When you start asking Jordan Belfort about something, it's like, what does this guy do? Yeah. <laughs> what? What's so interesting is uh, how he is not being painted as like a crook, criminal, thief, or menace, and except for by the regular people. Yeah, but like it, it, like the Daily Mail, CNN, everyone's like, like he made a mistake. Like, <laughs> give him some time to get his feet back. Like, 
he stole billions of dollars. Yeah, and he's not a crook. Yeah, <laughs> why are we being nice now? Seriously, and it was he he and he did the same thing that like uh, he did like fractional banking. He did the same thing. He, he like, just lent it out he nine lent, times. Yeah, but he's not a bank. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have deposit insurance. No, he didn't have any of that. And, uh, and that's the big thing I find the funniest is like, you know, banks talking about, or sorry, news talking about what happened. And I was just like, is that, that, that was a, that bank, uh, meme with like the, the, the puppet or mm-hmm. like banks right now. <laughs> Literally like, that's what our banks do. Yeah. But in Canada we have FDIC. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're protected. Like the government will pay us back if our money's lost. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> This guy was just like the company was really just a guy who yeah. started it. Like he mm-hmm. was no one really before this. Like, yep. so and, and they're doing a bunch of sketchy stuff on top of that, where you know, like he had his other company lending money to it yeah. to then like do things over here, yeah, and then paying it back, but then taking it back out. Like it was weird. It was odd. It was weird. And then the woman, the girl he was dating's father was friends with the, Gary Gensler, of the SEC. <laughs> he literally had a tie to the SEC. Yeah. Were they dating before the company got big? Uh, or was that a strategic partnership? Don't know. Don't know. Probably. All I know, they were also having sex parties and all that, which was interesting. In the office, right? Yeah, straight up. I told you, man, this is literally Wolf of Wall Street with computer geeks. Dude, it's literally the same thing. Like, Jordan Belfort was like, like, the, the, the movie's pretty, he said the movie's like, the office was crazy. Like, they were like, quaaludes, parties, hookers in the office. Yeah. And it's like, these guys were literally doing that, but they were just like, like you said, they're like from the movie. Like yeah. they're like from movies. It's like they're like they're living like rock stars. Yeah, well, that's why it's. I find it so interesting because like you do like a movie about Wolf of Wall Street. You know, it's very much as there was all that was the debate about it in the movie when it Is came it out. Is it real? Yeah, well, not even so much as real. It's like um, he he was a crook. He was a thief. But they glorified his lifestyle oh, in the movie. That's how mean. it came across. Yeah, yeah. And just like it's literally the they did the exact same things. Just like a bunch of like. They're just not like finance bros. It was, it was just kind of weirdos that you'd see in the street. That, that just like yeah, they were just, they were they were cop side kids. Yeah, that's it. That, just having lots of sex. <laughs> like it was they were weird. all just rich as heck. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. They thought how, the party was never going to end. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny how money doesn't matter who you are. It gives you the same result, doesn't it? It is so interesting because. Like Jordan Belfort, when you looked at him young and now, it's like he had the look of a finance bro. Yeah. He had the look of someone who would lie to you, who would steal from like, he he looked like that. Sam Bankman Free just yeah, he just looked like a guy. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it was very it was an unexpected like, whoa, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was odd and it continues to continue to get weirder as you find out his deep ties to the democratic party and how they may how the democratic party may have used ftx to launder money to ukraine ukraine back to the states (laughs) wasn't he the single largest donor to the democrat party as well uh second largest yeah second largest donor yeah Yeah. i wonder with whose money yeah good question probably are i mean it wasn't mine well actually no sorry i did have some money in uh block (laughs) it's interesting um i should have kept the email it was just came up earlier. One of the uh, crypto exchanges I've dealt with sent me a thing. It was like, here's your statement balance with us. Like I started getting these emails about like, here's what you have with us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this like them doing like, well, you're safe here. Like we're being transparent. But like, I'm like, yeah. Cause everyone's no longer trusting no. a thing. <laughs> well, like, you know, the, uh, I mean the one, 
company that I use, and I, I've I've had faith in from the beginning. They've done me no wrong at this point. Yeah. Um, but Endex, based out of Calgary. That's who I think emailed me. Yeah, it was probably them because I read their email because I was intrigued um, about what they had to say. And they're just like, just want to make it abundantly clear that we do not do fractional reserve lending. Right. He's, there's like everything we have is like we do not lend it out. It's full reserve. Like yeah. it's one for one here. And any fiat money you do give to us, we actually have interest at a bank. And here's the paper trail um, for it. And I was like, okay, good to know. Cool. And which is true because like Endax has never been one where they had no products where you could like um, get interest back on it, right? That never yeah, it's happened. It's just yeah, an exchange. It, it's just an exchange that, you know, you have money on. And so even them, I still took most of my money off of it just because yeah. being cautious. Um, but it was good to know that that's how they operate. A hundred percent. Well, it's like, you remember when I got ripped off by CoinSmart? Yeah. And it was just all gone. And, like, their customer service is atrocious. I They still haven't, I've emailed them probably a hundred times to unblock my account. It's still locked. <laughs> so I still can't even get into my account to see what's left. I still have not been able to go in and see if it's even, it like, maybe came back. I don't know. <laughs> There's like, you know, I stole this, but I felt bad about it, so yeah. I gave it back. <laughs> you can't even see. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, it's interesting. Um the crypto stuff, yeah, we'll say still does intimidate me a little. Yeah, I mean. After that, really did. But now after this again, I'm like, oh, it's happening again, man. Like, yeah. It's like, I find, I don't know. I guess, okay. Putting disclaimer, full disclaimer up, we are going into conspiracy land right now. Oh, boy. But I really do think this was by design. Oh, really? I think regular people were doing well off crypto. Mm. And because of Sam Bankman-Fried's uh, like such tight ties to the Clintons, uh, Gary Gensler, mm. a lot of people in government, and the fact that a lot of news, a lot of the major news outlets are seem to be running cover for him. I feel like this was done on purpose to scare people out of crypto. Interesting. And trust in the CBDC, the government's crypto that's coming, you know. Oh. I have a feeling. Oh. Hey. But conspiracy I've, land, that's conspiracy land. I've heard crazier stories. Yeah. I've, 100%. Um, someone who's been very vocal about all this stuff has been Kevin O'Leary. Oh, he's getting caught right now. Dude, people are, yeah, what's going on with him? Why is, why is everyone so upset at him? Um, so there's some, like, interesting tweets that come out. So, remember the guy- He's we, been very rude to someone on the internet. He's been very, like, a- attacking someone, specifically. I can't remember who. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him and uh, BitBoy Crypto. Yes, yeah, I yeah, think that's those, who it is. Yeah, because, like, I've been reading his tweets, and he's going after O'Leary like yeah. crazy. And I actually have trying to tweet here. He said something about how his wife killed someone. And sh- how can you like be so vocal like two years after your wife did that? And he said, we know it was you who was drunk driving your boat. And you made your wife take the fall. Like, dude, I didn't catch that. Damn. Yeah, dude. That's so, crazy. No, yeah, he went at him. And I think it was BitBoy Crypto. It could, I mean, I know he's been seriously going after. I saw this And O'Leary's been tweeting things and like deleting them within an hour. Yeah. It's been. O'Leary's been super sketchy lately. Very sketchy. Um. And he was very vocal about FTX stuff as well. Yeah, he was very involved. He's like, I think he was one of the investors. Yeah, he well, he lost a ton of money. He's yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see with this. Uh, I bookmark a bunch of his tweets from about O'Leary. Um, so, so CoinDesk did an interview with Kevin O'Leary where he explained that the Celsius network would go to uh, would go to zero. Let me let you guys in on a secret. This was orchestrated by Kevin FTX. You guys ready for the news that's going to rock the crypto world? FTX crashed Celsius. Let's examine what FTX did with New Genesis, New Token, and Reef. In both cases, FTX Liquid counterfeited their coins on the exchange's marketplace to control the supply and manipulate the price. This is actual. This is factual and proven, not speculation. Kevin O'Leary, SBF, and FTX 
colluded to push the price of Celsius down and started the downfall of Celsius. They did this through a negative media campaign combined with inflating the supply of tokens to short it down to nothing, basically, then swoop in and buy the company, which is true. That happened. I had some tokens on uh, Celsius that out to this day. I can't get out. It's done. Celsius is now doing bankruptcy. It's filing for bankruptcy. Um, and uh, yeah, and then uh, and we demand an explanation from him. And so he goes on to some other things about Kevin O'Leary where um, here, here was shocking Kevin O'Leary bombshell. I'm hearing he was visited by a group of people who are forcing him to say positive things about SBF under the threat of physical violence and blackmail. So that's what crypto, uh, BitBoy Crypto is saying about Kevin O'Leary right now. Yikes. So maybe true, maybe not, but it's like. If it's true, it's getting weird. Kevin O'Leary, he was like, at the boy crypto, I eat boys like you for breakfast every day. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot, man. Yeah, it's, um, I think Kevin's in deep on this one. And I think he's going to get caught. Cheat. And uh, here we go. Mark Cuban would never. (laughs) He would never. Mark, I'm reading up on him too. He's viciously wealthy. Oh, really? Well, he. I mean, he's a billionaire. Yeah, he is a billionaire. But like specifically because of this new drug company he's working on. Have you seen that at all? Some of the, he's looking at doing work with Walmart, right? It's his own drug company. Yeah, okay. I thought he was like working on partnerships with like big... Uh, I guess I haven't seen anything about okay. that yet, but I, that wouldn't surprise me. Right. But he's like getting insulin to people for like 80% less. Right, I did see And this. like these life-saving drugs for like almost cost. Mm-hmm. And it's just like exposing big pharma, which I think is iconic also. Yeah. Like that really should happen. Um, but it's, yeah, it's cool to see him like, it's cool to see someone do something good and make a killing off it. Like you can do those things can be, um, as, as one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting. Yeah. And I said, you know, speaking of billionaires doing great things, Elon Musk, let's go. <laughs> oh my God. Dog. Yeah. Um, that stuff, I have a, I don't really have an opinion. I mean, it's like he bought it. I, I don't think, I don't have an opinion where it's like. I've been interested seeing, I mean, that's the whole thing. I'm like, what's going to happen on Twitter? And really, how quick will the turnaround be in terms of difference? Trust me, it only took two weeks. And oh my goodness, I love Twitter now. I want to be an active participant on this platform now. (laughs) Because all it is is spicy memes and spicy things, man. I'm here for it. There was a a senior exec at um, Twitter. I can't remember her name. But she was in charge of, like, teams or product or something. Mm. And basically... Elon was gonna, she was gonna resign, and Elon said, no, stay, like, we think you're valuable, but we need you to fire basically 80% of your team, and she wouldn't do it, so we fired her. (laughs) Yeah, man, that sounds about right, that's that's cartel work right there. (laughs) He just fired her, (laughs) over. Dang. Like, what do you think their severance is, like, like, um apparently everyone got like full three months worth of salary as their severance that's like incredible that's that's nuts yeah that's incredible especially when you when the i know the average salary was like 150 160 and to just be paid that yeah to leave is pretty sick yeah i think three months is enough time to go find work yeah uh, yeah and that's and that's before you have to start tapping into like your government benefits yeah it's nice yeah that's pretty good and also i mean it's like yeah, he's, I mean, he's allowed to do that. It's like, mm. so, again, it sucks. Yeah, of course. Like, I mean, that happened to me. Yeah. I mean, you firsthand, you've been in a position where that happens, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's not nice, but mm-hmm. you can't change it. Yeah, like, Frig, I got I got six weeks. Yeah, six weeks, so that's a month and a half. Yeah. yeah. 
I would die for three months. That'd be great. Um, an extra month and a half is a ton of time. It's a lot of time. Especially tonic. when you have Twitter already on your resume. Like, mm-hmm. people are going to eat that up. Yeah. We were just talking about that before the show. Mm-hmm. When you have names on your resume, people eat that up. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been re- interesting seeing kind of like, like, I've personally liked the direction of where the platform is going. A lot of people would disagree with me on that. Mm. Um, but it's just like been cool to see people just be able to express themselves again. How, how does that, what, what does that look like expressing yourself again? Like, are you noticing more tweets about topics you maybe haven't seen before? Are you noticing people who, like, what, what's, what, how do you, how are you seeing that? I think I'm starting to see the battle of ideas just in the, uh, just in the trending column. Ah. Um, so like there, one day I would see like, you know, um, hashtag Trudeau is right. And then right below it is Trudeau is a hack. Like oh. stuff like that. Like there's such a competition for ideas now in, in the, in the space where I'm like, this is what it's about right now. Let's have a battle of ideas. Like this is what Twitter is for. Not just to like suppress one side of the argument and just tell them to go away. That's no fun. You talk about it. Yeah. So it's been, it was, it's been cool to see, um, you know, and like there's been the, the, the photo that's been going around that's been really spicy is the before and after Elon fired everybody. Oh. So I think there's this photo of a comms team. And again, this is like, it's a heavy manipulated photo, um, but just the idea around it is kind of funny. But people are just like, it's a comms team where it's like 90% women. And it's like maybe like five guys in the photo. And then after it's Elon, which is a bunch of like, it's just all developers and Elon and they're all men. <laughs> and everyone's like, see what happens uh, when after Elon takes over, he gets rid of all the women. And everyone's like, Elon asked who wanted to work. And the men stayed. I was like, oh, 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 oh. Yikes, you know. No comment. No comment There's on no that. No safe comment on that, man. But um, but like, that's the thing. That's what I mean is the heavy manipulated situation. Is that, yeah, is that even true? I, well, like, I don't know. I, I don't have the numbers of the, of yeah, the employees. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All I know is they looked at a comms team product team, which primarily usually is women dominated. And then they showed a development team, which is usually heavily male-dominated. So it's like, it's a skewed. Oh, they showed two different teams. Yeah. So oh. you don't know. Well, of course, there's. I mean, there's going to be trends in, in different teams. And that's why I don't, I don't take the whole thing seriously. It was just like a funny thing to see people get worked up over online. So, Yeah. Uh, also, it's yeah, and again, it's like, especially because before this Twitter bot, we were always so, don't believe what you see on the internet. Like, don't, like, question everything. So now why are we just believing it? Exactly. <laughs> like, it, actually, now probably, like... You should question it more mm-hmm. because, I mean, given that it's such a free space, it means it's, I mean, it's going to be more open to misinformation. Yep. Of course, they're working hard to build a, mm-hmm. they already flagged one of Joe Biden's tweets, dog. But, and and uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Elizabeth Warren as well. Oh, did they? Yeah, they flagged one of hers as That's well. That's really funny. Yeah. So obviously they're working on that. I think they're using it strategically right now to maybe get back at certain people who were quite vocal about things. I mm-hmm. don't know, but um, I suspect that will apply to everyone. Yeah, I hope so. It should. It should apply to everyone. Well, did you see the meme that Elon posted with uh with the monk and like the prostitute? No. no. <laughs> what? I hear. <laughs> so anyway, like you'll probably like Philip will pull it up, but so essentially the meme is like it's a monk. And then it's like a prostitute, like he's lifting up her dress. Okay. And like the the prostitute is a Twitter logo, and the monk is Donald Trump. Oh. And uh, it's like so <laughs> Elon's trying so hard, hard to bait Trump back on the platform, but he won't go. He said he's not coming back. No. Right? Yeah. It's so. Uh, um, and <laughs> um, 
and people got so mad over this over this meme um saying that like elon's promoting rape culture oh so the account's been reinstated yeah it's reinstated but he won't go he back just won't on. log back in yeah what is kind of iconic about donald trump is when he got banned from twitter mm-hmm. he went well i'm still rich i'll just pay someone to make me an app yeah <laughs> and then did it straight up oh and lead us not into temptation stop elon's ridiculous man how do you think he makes these i think well he's he's a i mean he's a computer geek at heart and like you you've worked with our developers how how memey they all were oh totally but i mean like do you think he's just like in an uber and is like (laughs) and like does it on his phone i think it's more i think people tweet it out or message them with them and he'll just like post once he thinks it's funny i think it's mainly oh it. you think he's got people making them oh uh, yeah like, or, it's funny yeah most likely I, will, I like to believe he's like doing them himself like, i'm sure he's like before he goes to bed at night he's yeah. like dark room on his phone like just making memes yeah it's crazy andrew tate's back on the platform oh boy that is crazy. he let every like er, literally he unbanned everybody except for alex jones uh fair yeah. Yeah. Even Alex, how does Alex Jones feel about that? Alex Jones came out and he was just like, "I get it." <gasps> <laughs> He's like, "I'm crazy, man." <laughs> oh my gosh, we're in Alex Jones like uh, admittance era. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, th- that's the thing I found interesting is like the reason why Alex Jones got banned in the first place was because he made fun of a reporter, but the reason why Elon's keeping him off the platform is because of the Sandy Hook stuff. Right. So uh, wait. Uh, which I mean, it opens up different conversations. Like, do we ban people based on what they do off the platform? Right. I mean, I think, I mean, I think if you want Twitter to be a so-called like global town square, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, I think their actions off the platform affect their yeah, ability to come in. Sure, mm-hmm. I think so. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I do think Alex Jones is a different case altogether. I do think there's a part of me that believes that Elon is just keeping Alex off for now because he can't take that type of storm at the moment. Trump, right. Trump was already big enough. Right. Um, but I think more time goes by. I think he'll bring him back. Mm. But Interesting. Or I wonder if he'll introduce something where like you can pay to be unbanned. Mm. Yeah. But it like goes to a sh- like a charity or something. Right. Be interesting. And yeah, Twitter blue eight bucks. Let's go dude. Yeah. T- uh, there's also a, a TikToker that I follow. He's a, uh, he owns a makeup company in Toronto. I think his name's Ryan Dubs. He knows James in the city. Oh, nice. And he spoke today about how he got an email last night from someone random and was like, if you don't send us like 50 grand or whatever it was, we're going to have your personal and business Instagram account banned and taken down. And before he could reply, he logged in and both of his account, both of his Instagram accounts were suspended for impersonating someone. And apparently Instagram's like help desk is horrendous to get a hold of. Yeah. Even my personal Instagram got, um, like, logged out, and I had to send a picture of me holding up a code they gave me on a loose leaf. <laughs> like, that's how I had to do I literally have the picture. <laughs> it's, yeah, so I can only imagine, like. <laughs> I swear I'm not a prisoner for it. Yeah, I can only imagine when you're, dude, that's what it looked like. <laughs> I can only imagine when you're, like, a multi-million dollar brand with a million-some-odd followers trying to prove that it's you. But how did this person do that? Why, like, who do they know? Like, how are they able to ban this account? Yeah, the power some of these people hold, like, right? Like, uh, it was actually BitBoy Crypto brought this up when everyone was f- fleeking out about the $8 uh, blue check. Yeah. And he was like, 
We paid Twitter twenty thousand dollars to get verified. Wait, this isn't what? a new thing. Wait, what? Yeah. So news organizations and big corporations will have paid and have paid in Instagram, Twitter, any of the big tech giants will pay them so they can get verified. Will they pay them or will they pay companies who are good at convincing those platforms to verify you? No, they'll full on pay Twitter directly. That's why you see these journalists with like 1,100 followers as verified. It's weird. I think about that. And I literally realize where I'm like, there'll be people, even from Halifax, where I'm like, how are you verified? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, what's verifiable? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> when you look at the criteria, it's like, you must have like substantial content written about you. You must be like in search results on the internet, a proven background and history and a following and a community. And I'm like, that's like, it's, we're not even there yet. Yeah. On any of our platforms. And there's people that are smaller than us who have just gotten it. Yeah. Haven't posted in three weeks. All right. I guess we're taking the Philip budget and throwing yeah. it over to Twitter. It's like, what's it? How much does it cost for these people where it's like, uh, I don't get it. BitBoy Crypto is 20 grand for him. And is it worth it? I wonder. Like, I mean, that blue check mark does, it, to me, I, I instantly trust the account. Yeah, it's definitely a status symbol for sure. Yeah. Of at least authenticity, maybe. Yeah. That's why I loved the, uh, the, the, comp- the, the dude who impersonated uh, the pharma company and dropped their, their stock over 50 bucks. Dude, screw pharma, man. I'm happy for it. Me too. Yeah. And now that I'm out of that industry working for directly for pharma, I can say whatever I want now and screw that. Oh, I, I, can't, I didn't sign anything. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I just don't give, don't give a crap no more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. But Yeah, man. That, that, what, what they stand for is evil. They are profiteering off sick people. Yeah. That's evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, to know, and to know how much money. Like there was a company I used to work for where they would like the contracts were ridiculous. Like there's like, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, contract your app. We'll, we'll pay for, we'll pay for advertise, sole advertising on your app and we won't check your users, but like we seem like it seems like a cool app. So we'll pay $200,000 to advertise for a weekend and do next to no follow up. It's like they have a need to spend the money. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shows you how much stupid money is on fire. It's weird. It's weird. Three days, $200,000. Got it. Won't even blink. Yeah, I... Yeah, it's weird. Uh, doing else is weird. Our premier, Tim Houston, going after Trudeau. Dude, uh, listen, that was... Um, it, I wouldn't say it's weird because I was here for it. It was new. Mm-hmm. It was uncharted territory Yeah, to see him just directly at him. Yeah. That was nice. It was nice, and I'm curious where things will go here. This is uh, Tim Houston's uh, statement to Nova Scotia, but also seemed to be a bit of a veiled threat to Justin Trudeau. Today, the Liberal government failed Nova Scotians by putting a carbon tax on Nova Scotia when fuel and heating costs are already at an all-time high. Nova Scotia supports action on climate change but does not support a carbon tax on home heating oil at this time. There are better, more effective ways to help the environment. And a new fuel tax, when there are record highs at the pumps, also makes no sense. We have been told this is intended to change behavior. But even with today's high prices, we are not seeing that behavioral change because we can't change behaviors. People in rural communities need to drive. They don't have the option to bike or take the bus or as the federal minister suggested, use the subway. The Liberal government had a choice. 
they could have chosen our legislative plan to reduce more emissions than their carbon tax will, but instead, the Liberals are imposing a carbon tax knowing Nova Scotians and Canadians are struggling. Nova Scotians will remember. Damn straight. The subway? That, what an out-of-touch response. Yeah, we got one of those, right? The, on, on Argyle Street. Yeah. yeah for when you're drunk. Yeah. What do you mean? That's such an... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, that's unfortunate to hear that we should just start taking the subway we don't have. Or biking from Hammond's Plains to the city. I wonder how much that would suck in the winter. Mm. To Like, what? Yeah. Or to change out your entire home's heating system. Like, who's got money for that? Even with rebates, it's like, uh... The average cost to switch out a home heating system is like 15 grand. Yeah, and it's like, well, you can install heat pumps, but generally, like, your home insurance will require you to have a primary heating source, which cannot be a heat pump. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let me rip out all my hot water baseboards for electric... And then maybe I'll have to up the electric amperage because it might not be enough. And I need to pay a plumber to remove all those. And then I need to pay an electrician to install the new ones, do all the drywall repair from the behind it, da-da-da-da-da. What? That's uh, unfeasible for most people Mm -hmm. that I know. Yeah, That is like a huge project. That's like a project they would save up for for years. Yeah. It's it's not cheap. And so like... That's why, you know, I've personally been loving my boy Sean Fraser standing up in the House of Commons. Loves to use New Glasgow and Picto as the uh, his backbone for his, like, well, my community saw a hurricane. This is climate change at work. And uses that as a reason for his carbon tax, and uh, but doesn't fully address the issue of it co- possibly costing people more in terms of home heating because a lot of people out here still use oil. And as you said, don't have the money to just swap it all out for something a little more clean. And, uh, and sure there's the argument. I did some, try to do some calculations on myself. Like I'm, I don't fully, I'm not fully following the math on it. So I'll be honest with you. Um, but they're saying like the rebate at the end of the year will kind of cover the increased costs. Um, so I'm trying to fully understand what we're doing here. To change behavior, it's like get used to this because one day they're going to yoink the rebate. Yeah. And if you did not correct your behavior, you're stuck without the rebate. But it's like, yeah, and let's use New Glasgow as an example because I have property there. And a six-unit building, so there's six apartments that need to be heated. In the dead of winter, I can expect every two and a half to three weeks, last year, a $950 oil bill. That's crazy. Mm. The heat's included. I pay that. Yeah. That's insane to think that, like, there are homeowners that are paying the same rate as me. I don't get any preferred rates. It's only a six-unit building. It's not like I'm a a huge landlord. Mm -hmm. It's a six-unit building, so I'm just getting regular rates. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's call it a 1000 bucks every two weeks um, over six units. I don't know what that math is. Um, It's like... A little over 200 bucks an apartment? Is that the right math? I'll, I'll trust you. I don't know. I yeah. don't know either. <laughs> but every two weeks, that kind of money, yeah. there are people, I know for a fact, there are people that do not, do not have a, an extra disposable, even 150 bucks every two weeks. Some mm-hmm. 100 bucks every two weeks. That's grocery money. That's like, I have a kid who might need things money. Like, yeah. 
uh, it's insane. Yeah, and I do find it intriguing because you have people who, you know, you know, the, that's the argument. It's like, well, we'll give them money at the end of the year to kind of cover all the extra costs. So let's just say that's the argument, and that it, let's just say the math checks out. Yeah, you know, but then it's like, why are you? Why were you supporting just giving blank checks to people for dental care? Why are you supporting giving blank checks to people for rent? You trust them to spend the money where they said they're going to spend it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that you're trusting people with that. That's your thought process. You trust them to spend the money where they should. That's what the money's for. Yeah. So why don't you trust people to make the right decisions with their money? So you don't have to tax them. Right. It's a rebate's a redistribution. We're going to tax you on the front end just to kind of get you in the the habit of not. It's strictly a behavioral change. That's it. Yeah. And then we'll just redistribute the money back to you afterwards. Which for most people who in our culture are tend to be monetarily uneducated. And over leveraged. Yeah. That money six months from now means nothing when interest is piling up today. Exactly. And when that happens, that money does come in. It's just going to be spent on things that aren't necessarily needed. Absolutely. We are, um, as a populace, spenders. Mm-hmm. Um, money in, money out. Like that's faster. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've, I've grown up witnessing it. I've grown up, um, living it at times where it's mm-hmm. like there are just things that needed to be bought it didn't there was a priorities we had to spend the money and so that was what it was like it's just it, yeah um yeah it's it's, it's um life threatening for canadians to to ex- potentially experience a winter where they could not heat their home yeah that's not fit yeah and like even for me like we between myself and Kelsey, like we make a pretty decent income and, uh, and there's times even for myself, like I'm out of touch with someone who's making 50 grand a year, 40 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Like I'm personally out of touch. Um, as much as I try to be empathetic to them and how hard that might be to try and live off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, or even people living out 35, 30, um, I can at least try, but I, I can understand like there are times where I have a hard time fully wrapping my head around what it's like to only make that money at times. Mm-hmm. So if that's hard for me and someone who lives pretty close to people like that, what's it like for people living as an MPs in Ottawa making $400,000 a year doing what they do? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they're pretty out of touch as well. They are a hundred percent out of touch. A hundred percent out of touch because I would say right now, anyone making $40,000 to support, if $40,000 had to support two people, you're tight. You're tight. tight. Yeah. You live in Halifax, you're strapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you talk about a community like New Glasgow, that money goes a little further. Yeah. Obviously, the, by nature, you're in two hours out of the city. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's less. And Sean Fraser's thing about the Hurricane Fiona, that's what this big deal is about Hurricane Fiona. Dog, why don't we talk about how NS Power took a month to get power back to some places in New Glasgow? That's a private company. Mm-hmm. That's their problem. Yeah. What? So that's a write-off. Dog, there was the National Guard in New Glasgow there directing traffic. I went to go to the building after Fiona, a week after Fiona. There was military peace officers flipping signs. <coughs> I was, what is going on here? This is who we've called in. You couldn't find anyone else. Why didn't he come down there and do that? <laughs> if he's so free, free, free will, free spirit. It just doesn't make sense. There's something else going on. Mm. Yeah, it was... Uh 
he gets like I, I found that Sean Frazier was he's I can tell Pierre Polyev is getting under the skin of the liberals. Mm-hmm. And when, like I, when you see guys who are supposed to be calm and collected, like Sean Frazier, getting heated in House of Commons in question period, mm-hmm. you know, you know something's going on. Mm. And uh, and he's just like that was like, he's like snapped about Hurricane Fiona and how like it decimated his community and because conservatives' inaction on climate change is why Fiona happened. And I'm like, you, Dog, that how, sounds. How so old were you during Katrina? <laughs> right, because I was like, uh. Three, mm. I think. I'm in 2001, right? No, Hurricane Juan, I'm trying to say. Oh, Hurricane Juan. Hurricane oh. Juan was 2000. Yeah, th- that was 03. Three. Yeah. I, rem- I remember trees on this, in my community, it affected way less than Hurricane Juan. Mm-hmm. Hurricane Juan ripped trees out of the ground on the street where my grandmother lived and fell mm-hmm. on my mother's car. And while there was damage to a lot of properties, it seemed pretty equal to Juan. Right. I don't get it. Hurricanes happen. They've happened forever. They'll continue to happen. I just don't think that, well, I think, I'm not doubting climate change, but I just don't think that because there was a hurricane during hurricane season, that now it's in, like, a big deal. Yeah. I did, I, I found that argument very odd because hurricanes have been hitting Nova Scotia forever. Like, for, we are, uh, October, uh, sorry, I guess from, like, end of August to, like, October is hurricane season. Yeah, Her, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. It was weird for me moving from Toronto, getting used to that. Like that, like oh, it's going to be thing. stormy. Yeah, it's going to happen. Sometimes it's just a tropical storm. Other right. times it's a category two. Um, yeah, but, but this was like a full wand type moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like power was out for days, weeks, a month. Yeah, but I think uh, climate change is not what made hurricane happen. That's a uh, hurricanes are, are, are just, yeah. I mean, based on, I just, I mean, I, yeah, I just can't wrap my head around it. Well, yeah, I think that the, what I can't wrap my head around is the fact of just, let's just, we're going to tax our way out of climate change. It's just really, right. Odd. It's just odd. Cause um, where's that money go? Like what you've taxed. Yeah. Like you've taxed me. That money's now in a, in an account with the CRA or whatever. How does that prevent hurricanes? If that's your argument of why we need to tax us, how do you? How does that money stop hurricanes? All right, devil's advocate here. I'm going to try. Okay. All right. So you start changing behavior. So people use oil less, yep. use gas cars less, means that we're cutting down our emissions, which is cut, which is now going to maybe start affecting the climate and having less severe weather patterns happening. Right. That's kind of where the thought process goes, from my my understanding. Totally. It's just, yeah, I, I can't wrap my head because it's such an interesting statement from someone who is the representative for a town or I guess a community because there's multiple, you know, Picto County has got, I think, what, four towns in it mm-hmm. or five, really. Mm-hmm. Um, if you live in New Glasgow and you have to go to an appointment in Trenton, there's no public transit taking you. You know, it's a there's no Uber. Yeah, dog. It's a it's a what probably a, a thirty minute walk. Uh, well, probably more than thirty minutes to walk to Trenton. Um, it's a ten minute car ride, but there's no bus taking you there. If you need to get to Picto from New Glasgow, there's n- you have to drive. You know, and what about someone who lives in the town of Thorburn that everyone forgets about in Picto County? Yeah. That's a town in Picto County that no one talks about. They're getting nowhere without driving. Right. So. To have that statement of, well, yeah, carbon tax is good and we should not be using gas vehicles and, and oil home heating. It's like, well, 
everyone in your constituency relies on those two things. Yeah. I and think a way I've also gone around is if there is more green initiatives of like actual changes of like, yeah, the carbon tax is taxing the people that are, you know, using, you know, carbon emissions now with oil cars, but people that are using electric cars, they get a reduced power bill because of it from mm, that tax. Bill. Incentivize rather than. Instead of, you know, it's like, hey, you're doing a good thing for the environment here. You get some money back from it instead of being like, oh, you are a just horrible person for using carbon and you're going to get taxed on Penalize. it. <laughs> We're going to take your money. Yeah, like that's what I was going to say was like, I find that you usually attract more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's the same idea. Um, Incur- give me a ton of money to put a heat pump and electric heat in my home. Yeah. Give me a ton of money to go buy a Tesla. Ensure that I will have interest-free payments for two years. Yeah. Get me excited. Do something that goes, wow, yeah, you know what? I, I would install a super a, a charger in my house. to, to I would yeah. do that. Yeah, like like do something that would make it almost, it's like it would be stupid of me not to make the switch. Like you have to hit, like people, we are, we are focused on our own problems. So if you can make our lives better, if we make a change in our behavior, then do that. It's literally selling. Yeah. It's, you're like selling something. It's like you need to show the features, the advantage, and the benefit. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. And to me, it's like, okay, you've made gas really expensive. Uh, so now, in the meantime, while I'm considering, yeah, should I buy a green vehicle, I'm losing any money that I could use to buy it on the expensive gas. So, yeah, in terms of, like, incentivizing stuff, what they have in Norway, at least in Oslo, is driving into the city, there's two different circles where you get basically billed driving into the city. But for electric cars, you don't get billed because you're driving an electric car into the city. And you can also use Ooh. the bus and taxi lane. Ooh. But if you're driving like a diesel car that is registered in your car because it gets, you know, scanned and everything, you will get, you know, you'll have to pay for that for driving a gas car into the city. So Ooh. it's just they know people are, are commuting in and out of the city. They know people are going to be driving. It's like, you know, what? here's electric. You know, if you have the opportunity to drive electric, that's good for you. Some people are driving further. So it is harder. But they can still drive. It's just it's going to cost you a little bit. But if you have that electric thing, you can you can skip the traffic. You can be in the far right lane with the taxis and the buses. Everyone right. else with the grass cart. They're in the center lanes. Like they can't skip it. I love it. Yeah, and I'm even go like there was something that Pierre Polyev said in a speech once upon a time that I thought was interesting. I'm I'd be curious to ask more question direct questions about it. What he meant by it. Um, but he talked about addressing climate change with technology and not taxes. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what he really meant by that. Because um, I, I think there is technology to really address some of these issues that, again, you would incentivize people instead of like treating them terribly for their bad behavior. Uh, you, you're not allowed to come to this restaurant because you use a gas car. Right. You know, so. And it's, it's, for example, like let's say you identify a huge landowner in Nova Scotia that owns a ton of land. Like, you could even, could the government not say, we want to rent that land from you just to put solar panels on? Yeah. We want to rent that land to put wind wind turbines on. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, now there's someone in Nova Scotia who's being paid rent, which is great because now they're earning money. They'll spend that money. They'll pay taxes on that money. And you just found a way to put reusable energy into Nova Scotia. Yeah. Or this is actually an idea even Keegan and Maruga brought up um, with in regards to crypto, but I think it's interesting. Like, what if... Um, you got a certain amount of kickback for having a certain amount of trees on your land. Yes. Like, 
there's just so many ideas that you can try that doesn't result in we're just going to tax you to Yemen. Yeah. And, and like, it's, it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it could, it's for me really like, I think Canadians are so strapped that if you said, you know, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, like you're already looking and you choose to buy an e-vehicle, we will pay all your registration costs. I think that is enough to sell it right now. Mm-hmm. I think we are so broke that being told that they will cover the DMV fees and everything like that, that that would be enough. Right. I really don't think it would take that much to incentivize. I don't think it's like a $30,000 type moment. No, it's, um, I think, I, I know I told you the story, definitely have told you off air. I can't remember if I've shared on the show before, but mm-hmm. it happened over the summer when I was driving down to uh, to Maine. Yeah. I was driving my, on my way back, I hit New Brunswick, and usually every time you hit a freaking supercharger in New Brunswick, mm. you're going to have some um, some uh, person who from the middle of nowhere in New Brunswick is going to ask you about your Tesla and yes. ask you about the electric cars. They're interested. Yes. Like, you shared this on air. I did share this on air. Yes, right? but say it again. It's yeah. very, it's great. It's still like to this day, it breaks my heart. It was, a, it was a terrible story, and I just had to be very honest with the woman. Um, so, you know, she was a very average Canadian probably making, she was making close to like 50, 55, um, and her salary on a yearly basis. And she was really intrigued by the Tesla. She's like, how much did it cost you? And I was like, well, taxes in, you're looking at about 60,000, but then you get 6,000 off from the incentive and then an extra three on top of that from the province. But I don't know what New Brunswick does, but that's what they do in Nova Scotia. Um, uh, so on and so forth. And she was like, Oh, and then she was like, okay, like, she's like, well, I, you know, she did the math in her head right there on the spot. She's like, okay, I, it was something like I pay like 500 bucks on gas a month. How much is the lease payments? I was like, well, I'm paying like 624 right now. And she was like, oh, that's just like for the lease. And I was like, yeah, that's not including if you have to like obviously pay for the extra electricity that you're using at your house. She's like, I, I can't afford that. I can barely afford my car right now. And like her face just dropped. Like, it, like almost as if she realized she's been lied to. Uh, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, man. And it's like, just given the nature, I think, of being, and it's just a, it's such a, I think you have to kind of be from Nova Scotia to get what I mean. But like, when I say like the Nova Scotian grandmother, who's just like out to hurt no one, and only knows what's going on in her community, it, it only cares about her her family but loves everyone they meet but like really only is concerned about her household at the end of the day when that she is a hundred percent someone who watches ctv news and has a hundred percent heard how good it is to have an electric car and be told all these things and it's like then you realize oh i'm gonna get left behind and i'm gonna get left behind in healthcare, and i'm gonna get left behind in economics and i'm gonna get left behind in owning a vehicle and it's like you turn 60 years old in Nova Scotia and we, you get forgotten about here. Mm-hmm. You 100% get forgotten about here as soon as you are an elderly person. And it's like it's been evident and I've, it's observable in watching my grandparents age. The, le- the difference in their treatment and everything that they need to access. And it just sucks. And you're not wrong. Like that was like literally like the, there's been times where like Kelsey's parents have, you know, floated the idea at times of like, Hey, they'd move up to Nova Scotia. Like once they retire mm. and, uh, and Kelsey's like, no, no, you leave Nova Scotia when you get old. Yeah. Like you don't, this is not the place to come. This is an no. awful place. And that was the thing. This actually, 
low-key ticked me off at the time, but I tried my best to keep a, uh, keep a straight face and just try to move on from it. Uh, but when Manny just dismissed the idea of like why people are scared to go to ERs here and saying, well, you're just being dramatic. I was like, do you not realize the healthcare issue here? Yeah. It's a legitimate problem that yeah. people legitimately actually would rather. It's either you pretty much, if you get something serious here, you're going to die. Like that's, that's that I pretty much, I made that um, comparison and he said I was being dramatic. I was like, people literally died in waiting for care here. Like, what are you talking about? I'm being dramatic. Well, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like my partner's families have found people on the side of the highway waiting for an ambulance. People have died in their small community waiting for an ambulance. Um, you know, uh, with an inability to have a family doctor, not being able to get life-saving medications for anyone, even my my in my family, people, if they lost their family doctor, would be screwed. And then there was one time where we were at ER and this man walked in and this is like, it's very, this is heavy. And he just walked in and he said, I'm going to kill myself tonight and I need help. And they went, we're really busy right now. Like, here's a blanket. Can you sit down? Like, we'll get you in as soon as we can. And I went, that was the response to that. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, uh, that puts in the light why I'm here, for one, mm -hmm. I suppose. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm no longer in my head about why we're here. Right. Um, but I was like, whoa, that was that was it. And he waited there for an hour or so, and then someone came and got him. I was like, you let this man wait here for an hour? What? Mm -hmm. G get this man some help. Like, to me, that is as serious as I can't breathe. Yeah. Or like... I'm bleeding to death. Like to me, that's that that is as serious. Mm. And I was like, "Whoa, that is really, really upsetting." So if that doesn't scare you enough, what should also scare you from our ERs is, especially the QE2 on Roby Street. Unfortunately, there's oftentimes more police cars out front than ambulances because some crazy people get themselves in there. Man, I heard there was a man in there yelling racial profanities at every black person in the ER to the black cop that was trying to arrest him. And I think, you know, if a, if a woman, like, if, if um, let's, like, Hannah, for example, had to go to the ER alone, I would be fearful for her of what, what may transpire. Right. And during COVID, I had to, I wasn't allowed in. Right. So I'd, I slept in the vehicle until she was uh, able to, to be seen. And I'm like, what? And then she texts me and she said, there's a crazy guy coming out, like, wake up. I locked the vehicle and he's walking around tapping on the glass of everyone's vehicles, pulling on the door handles. He pulled on my door handle while I was sleeping in the truck. I thought, well, what is going on at the ER tonight? I think that's every night. I think it's terrifying to go to ERs here for multiple reasons. Right. I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah. Like, I, I agree. I'd, I'd imagine I'd agree. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like there's, you know, there's definitely when you're in a society where healthcare is in a rough spot, um, mental health care is non-existent it, ERs are the last place and the only place people can go to it's going to attract a lot of uh interesting situations absolutely and it attracts people who shouldn't be there like someone just trying to get a refill in the prescription mm. but that's the only way they can see a doctor yeah. so they have to wait there all night mm -hmm. it, yeah, it doesn't make sense yeah, i've been on the uh I've been on that family doctor waiting list for um, six years now. I'm so blessed to have one. 
don't love her. It's she's just a doctor. She's not very approachable, but it's better than nothing at this point. Right. Um <laughs> what I would give for a paid urgent care and put me on the paid healthcare train all day long, dog. <laughs> um I, I have yet to hear a rebuttal that would make me care about why we shouldn't have paid healthcare. Oh, you didn't think the um our, our episode with Raj didn't convince you at all? It did nothing for me. Oh, interesting. <laughs> not at all. I got the money. Sorry. This is about my health care. I got to see. I got to grow old, man. I don't really care. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, wow. That was quite the, uh, the left turn on that one, but I appreciate it. It's, I think it's, I think it's relevant right now. Definitely relevant. Especially, have you heard about the Tylenol and Advil children's medicine shortage? Yeah. What's going on with that? How's there no children's medicine right now? The pharmacists are like dosing it out only if the only if you bring the sick kid in to prove the kid's sick, because people are hoarding it to sell it for more on Facebook Marketplace. Dang. People are sick, dude. Uh, speaking of people being sick, there's actually something that just kind of hit me as well. Um, I don't know if I saved this tweet or not. I had to have, um, but it, it actually it upset me a lot, and it was like, do people really believe this garbage? And it was uh, it was an American journalist who was hop- hypothesizing of why America has, um, you know, doesn't try to renew ties with Cuba. It, oh, interesting. And uh, the reason why was the reason they gave. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, but I can at least go off the dome. Is they said that because Cuba is so successful in their healthcare and their food and their um, and their overall. Ha- uh, people's overall happiness with their lives um they they rank better than america i was like and then all the all the responses like yeah man like man capitalism sucks cuba did it right and i was like have oh yeah you guys are all american yeah because you've never been to cuba as a canadian i've been to cuba and i've been in the streets of cuba and no it's not all that they, they, yeah, the resorts are pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, you can't usually eat the food. Yeah. And because, you know, it's a communist country, did you catch it that, you know, when you work out of a resort, you get tips at resorts. And because of those tips, people who work at resorts make more than the doctors in Cuba. Yep. Oh, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, Cuba's doing real well with uh, their communism over there. It's funny because people say they have well like world-renowned health care. Apparently, the healthcare there is supposedly quite good. I haven't seen it. Apparently, it's really good for people who are not from Cuba. Oh. Maybe there's different rates, but apparently, the healthcare is quite good. Mm. When I was in New York, I think I spoke about this last episode. The lovely Uber driver again. I reiterate this because he was a G mm-hmm. who was talking about the Quran. Also said, if you know anyone who is waiting on knee replacements or like um, things to like surgeries, he said go to Cuba. Book a hotel, go there, you'll get it done in a week. He said, don't wait in Canada. And he was like, he would not stop talking about how well how well off you'd be if you just went to Cuba to get things looked after. That's interesting. And even like I have um, family who were looking at cancer treatment options that were only available in Mexico. They weren't in, in Canada or the United States. Mm. So I think oftentimes I think there's a lot of people who have to travel for health care, but apparently Cuba is quite good. Supposedly, I don't know. I've never been inside a Cuban hospital. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. You were in a Cuban hospital. I, yeah, I've been. Oh, really? And so I'm like, I mean, it's like it, there's, I mean, there's 
I, they're definitely bootstrapped. <laughs> like they got the stuff to do this work. It's sure. a hospital. Yeah, yeah of course. They, they, they they're not the a third world country. Yeah. They have a hospital. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, it's like they, they got the bare minimum is what I'm saying. Right. Um, so maybe, yeah, like sure. Like I, I got decent care, but it's not like I also paid for it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious what it is and to be a citizen there. It's trickier when you pay for it. Cause it's like, if I'm paying for it, it better be damn good. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I've never been to Cuba. Yeah, no, it's. I've been a few times, um, and I, I, that's the reason I, I, I've like. Uh, it's I, the only I, down south place I haven't been. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's like you know, as many people will say, the food's not the greatest. Um, you know, it's fairly bland. Yeah, but, but like it's the food, you're there for yeah, more than the food. Yeah, exactly. So you're and, and it's cheap. It's super cheap to go, um, and so that's why you you usually go. Um, but like I've purposely gone, made sure I've gone into the cities and gone into the towns and just mm. to get an idea of what the culture is like, what people are like. And, uh, I remember there was like, we came across a guy who was doing like, he was just a, a dude who was doing, um, horse trips. He had a horse he was like, Hey, I can take you someplace with my horse. Like he was just trying to look for some money. Right. He lived near the resort and just trying uh. to figure out a way to hustle. And so he's like, hey, yeah. I was like, yeah, we're just like, yeah, we paid some money to take us on, you know, uh, a horse trip or whatever. And, uh, but then he's like, yeah, before I'll show you my family. He brought us to his house and they lived in this, literally, it's just, just pure concrete with a little like tube TV. It's in the corner. And like, there may have been, there was a fridge, but they, it wasn't much. It was very bare minimum. And, uh, and I'm like, like, these are the people. Like, the, this is like, these are like definitely awesome people salt of the earth individuals yes but they're living under communism yeah you know and which not, in in most cases um for the majority of people under communism means poverty yeah and that's what the people were living in i'm not here to make an adjust judgment of like if they're happy or not they were very happy people they were very grateful for what they had my point is people countries that are live under communism usually aren't better off yes and the people that, the fact that we're even having this argument is psychotic to me. As non-communists. Yeah. We don't get to say yeah. as to what, whether I, it's good or not. No, I just know I have friends who have fled communist countries and told me what is all of, what it's all about. And they very much prefer to be on this side of things. Uh, what a great way to put that sentence. If you have to flee anything, it's generally not good. Yeah. No one, no one flees, um, you know, the best thing they've ever had in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true, but apparently a lot of people are fleeing the states to go elsewhere. Oh wait, no, <laughs> oh sorry, they didn't. <laughs> even under a Trump uh, administration, they stayed put, even though they said they were leaving. Right? So yeah, that was an interesting time too. Yeah, anyone who like even Canada, like conservatives, do the same thing. Well, Trudeau gets elected one more term. I'm out of here. It's like shut up. I, no, you, no, you haven't gone anywhere, have you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're girl, you'll be fine. Yeah, you know. It's like we'll hold them accountable, hundred percent. But uh, let's not be so dramatic. Yeah, let's let's not do that. Like, yeah. wh where are you gonna go? Yeah, where are you going? Like, sure, at least like there's some um, Nordic countries, which would be interesting to live in. Mm -hmm. um, I think Amsterdam would be sick to live in. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a fun experience. Yeah, um, but that's just because it looks fun. Yeah, <laughs> I could never imagine moving because of the pol like. Also, I suppose that's quite privileged. Mm -hmm. uh, now that as I say that, I'm like, you know what? I really haven't been put in a position where I feel like I need to leave because of mm -hmm. the government. When there's people who live in Cuba and mm -hmm. North Korea who I'm sure would uh, snap their fingers to make that happen. Totally. Actually, speaking of which, 
Um, do you know why there's such a, a big Cuban co- population in Miami? In Miami? Yeah, in like South Florida. No. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. Do you know why? Ah, oh, it's just everyone who fled Cuba to go. <laughs> that was yeah. the closest place they could go. Uh, I think. I think. It's oh, because why? Of, why did they flee Cuba? I don't know. Why. I think it was the closest land, right? It is the closest land. Yeah. But yeah. Let's say, yeah, I was just being a making a facetious joke. Facetious joke. Yeah. Of like. People literally like apparently Cuba's so great. Got it. <laughs> Makes sense. People are fleeing in droves and t- taking rafts and s- risking their lives to get to America. Got it. They're doing that for no reason though. And isn't it like yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's so interesting. Yeah, how people will make comments on, on communism without um, they'll they'll make a, a, a they'll have an opinion on communism and they'll believe that they're talking about socialism. Yeah, yeah, it's very different. Yeah. Um, however. This is one thing I someone brought this up once upon a time and I thought it was interesting. Is obviously we use the term Nazi. Yes. And I, instantly bells go off. Yes. Um for for good reason. They were responsible for killing millions of people. Yeah. Um, why don't the same bells go off for us anymore when people say communist? Yeah, like yeah. Like did we all forget about Saddam Hussein? <laughs> and many others throughout history who used communism to slaughter thousands and millions of people. Yeah. Throughout history. Like, well-documented as well. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't hidden. No. They were pretty much saying, we're, this is what we're doing. And this is... And, and you uh, cannot stop us. And it's the same It's the same playbook. How does it all start? We're going to give social assistance to everybody, social justice to all. That's how it always starts. Mm-hmm. The right. greater good. Yeah. We've got your back. Interesting. It is, uh, yeah. Uh, do you, I mean, I in my mind, I don't ever see Canada getting to that point. I think, especially in this in this time period, I feel like the 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 populace would become far too overwhelming um, for the government trying to make that change. But I guess who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't. Uh Sign like yeah, I don't throw anything out anymore uh, since 2020. Exactly, of course. Well, exactly right. I've seen how quick things happen, and uh, I'm just like, I, I think anything's on the table now for me. So, that, yeah, especially it's, with uh, the these uh, Chinese <laughs> interference in our elections, apparently. But that was interesting. Man, we'll we'll get that a little, little later. Um, ESG though, I've been hearing about ESG, dude. Not even a little. So this is a uh, a framework that's okay. been around for about twenty years now. Okay, um, and it's a f- it's essential framework that's used to um, score an investment based on their environmental impact, on their social impact, and governance. Got it. And so it's been coming. It's getting a little bigger now because major banks are now using it to score investments. And so the reason why I'm bringing it up because it's starting to come up a little bit more in my workplace as we are working with banks um, that are now using ESG scores um, for with financial advisors using um, to kind of show their clients like, hey, this is the ESG score for this fund. Um, So like just like they score these, you know, the audits happen to a lot of these like companies Mm -hmm. um, and they measure them on how they're impacting the environment. Are they is the um, 
or the way they manufacture their products they're using slave labor um you know uh, how are they governing their employees right um that's kind of how this is all scored and it's getting interesting to say the least so at this point you know the from a just from a hundred miles away seems like a very interesting idea i think it's kind of cool it'd be nice to know like hey like before i invest in this fund or I invest in this company uh i want to make sure that you know they're doing the right things you know oh yeah you know, it'd be cool to see what the esg score would be for them if it's high it's like okay they take care of their employees they they don't use slave labor that's cool they're taking care of the environment yeah i'll invest in them it's like it's this esg score is built for like investors who are more socially conscious interesting Mm-hmm. Why does that matter? Um, because now we're moving into a world that's like trying to be more socially focused and empathetic, understanding people's situations. Um, we don't want to be in an economy that's built off of like, you know, the demise of another Certainly. people. Right. That's kind of where this is coming from. Got it. And they're using it on companies. People are the thing that people are spooked by is how long until they start applying it to individuals. Like right. when they start tying an ESG score to like, hey, you know, we're kind of already doing it now, but like, hey, you don't have the right windows on your house, so we're not going to finance the mortgage for your home. You have right. a poor, you have, a poor you have an oil heating system. Yeah. You have a poor ESG score, so we cannot fund this. And it's going to be, and now it's so going to be. that's more to the property than the person though. Yeah. But like it's more of like you know when can you start you know getting funding for things right you know how do you um, you know what if it starts your ESG score is now tied to like hey what's your ESG score in terms of what you've invested in are you a good person um, it's like now it's getting to the point where investments are now being tied to your um, your deeds instead of your capital right so like right now our credit system is built off of like if you're paying your credit card on time if mm-hmm. you're making your mortgage payments now it's going to start slowly moving morphing into more to like a social credit score that is so stupid and scary it's interesting yeah yeah um this esg is kind of the start of it, at least for corporations and uh, the people are worried that's going to start moving its way down to individuals. I can, I can like, I'll, I can like ninety percent agree with it for corporations. I mm-hmm. think though, like bankers, like telling me this is the ESG score of a company. I think I don't really care. I just want to make money. That's the point of me giving you my money to invest. Yeah, I really like that's great. Um, but if I'm giving you a thousand dollars to invest and I want a return, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. If I'm buying a house and the and they're going to say. Um, your score on the host is too low, da 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 da. We're not going to finance it. I think that's not the bank's job either. The bank's job is to lend me money and make three and a half percent off my 300 grand. That's your payment to shut up, right? That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Stay out of my business. And then if it's a personal credit score, it's like, so I can't go get a credit card or a line of credit if my carbon emissions are too high. Mm. Like, I, I don't understand where these two worlds collide. What does my environmental footprint have to do with my financial standing? To yeah. me, those are completely separate. Mm-hmm. They do not interact. And, the, and and there's no point for them to. Yeah. I find it's almost getting to the point where it's like, we're, you know, we're starting to see the demise of it already. 
but this is kind of like another layer of like ending meritocracy. I don't know what that means. Uh, when you get things based on your merit versus like things you've, that you earn based on merit versus just getting it because you're the right skin color or you're the right gender or you identify the right way. So is, you say meritocracy? Yeah, meritocracy. Is that based on, would that be like me having a good credit score means I get a good credit card? Now, meritocracy is more so what we live in now. So like you get the job because you have, because you have the skills to do the work. Right. Um, you get the house because you have a good credit score and you make your payments on time. Right. And you have the down payment. Yeah. We're moving into more of an ideal, ideological society where it's like. You have the money, but. You need to have these things in place first. <laughs> That's kind of what that's going to start taking kind of the driver's seat in these social issues. That's absurd. That's absurd. There are other ways to 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 mitigate environmental impact with in other than involving it in one's ability to obtain financial products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no way. We're moving into some interesting times. Not that is. If that happens, I'll I will become a lender and I will not require an ESG score. Ooh. That is so absurd. Shout out capitalism. That, yeah, freaking right. Don't that's, care. That's the point where it's like, you want to buy a house, I'll yeah. lend you the money, and I want 3.5%. Mm-hmm. If you make the payments, I will shut up. Mm-hmm. That's all I want is the payments. Yeah. That's the job of the bank. Dude, let's do it. Dude, we're going to make our own fund. That'd be great. Of course. But it, well, and So this is the interesting part. So things like um, companies like BlackRock mm-hmm. are like huge... Um, making or have huge money and huge investments around a bunch of different companies. They have a bunch of money in Disney. Yeah, like they run, they run the world. They run mm. the the capitalist capital capital world at this point. Yeah. Um, but like no one's looking at their ESG score. Yeah. Why? Oh, because a lot of their a lot of their funding is tied up in China. Right. Who? I mean, if you look. At them on paper, they you know put people in concentration camps and like. these rules. Exactly, these rules are meant to hinder the the, the little guy. Yeah, they're not they're not meant to hinder corporations. It's, yeah, it's a they have to start with corporations, right. so the people go, yeah, yeah, let's get them, get the corporations, and then when they start getting you mm-hmm. and you're screwed, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Shout out Van City, let's do this. Um, boom, this first one here. So Van City is a bank out of Vancouver, and they have officially announced another first, a credit card that counts your carbon footprint. Ooh. Vans, uh, starting in the new year, every Van City Visa credit card holder will be able to track the estimated carbon emissions of their credit card purchases. Members will be able to see how their monthly tally compares to the national average or which credit card purchases have their highest environmental cost. The carbon counter will help Van City cardholders understand the carbon footprint of their purchases as well as provide advice on what they can do to reduce their emissions footprint. I think this is the start of this whole ESG, personal ESG stuff. See, I like this more. Mm. This scares me less where it's like, to me, assuming it's harmless, Mm -hmm. there's obviously an assumption that this is not connected to something higher. I think, you know, there are people who wish to learn their environmental impact. I think this is a creative way to use technology to learn about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Do I trust that there's not something bigger going on behind the scenes? I don't know. But if there isn't, I think it's, I think it is a good use of technology if it's harmless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I can get on board with that. Um, It's just like, based on the things that we've been reading. um, It ties too neatly in with the ESG. Yeah, it's like. It it ties way too neatly. Yeah, it's more of like along the lines of like, it's, I mean, this happens in every negotiation. 
you know, you come in with a big ask and then it's like, uh, okay, no. Okay. Then we'll come with the smaller thing. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of some of that, like that kind of scenario where it's like, we know the big ask is like, Hey, we're going to track, you know, you for what you, you spend on your carbon footprint. Um, and people are gonna be like, don't really want that, but they want to see what they're, they'd be interested in what their impact is regardless. as long as it doesn't impact their finances. Yeah. They'll, yeah. They'd they'll be interesting to track. And that's how you kind of you slowly start inching it away. And to the point where it's like, now you're actually being judged based on what your environmental impact is and bada bing, bada boom. Now, uh, now you're, you're in the system. I mean, I think by nature of having a credit card, I'm probably in the system anyway. Right. I mean, it's a credit product out, taken out based on my social insurance number, which is administered by the government. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think if there was enough pressure put on Visa, MasterCard, or Amex for uh, my file, that they could obtain it. Yeah. So, I think by nature of using a credit card, they can probably see what I'm up to anyway. Um, but I just, I like the way it is now. Right. It's not thrown in my face. It's not held against me. But I'm sure they know. Mm-hmm. I'd like that. that mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. You know, I think I, I have an idea of what freedom is. And to me, freedom is uh, we, we have we are allowed to be free. We're not inherently free. Um, you know, that's just how we're not really. We're not free. We're not unless you're a sovereign citizen. Really, mm-hmm. you're not. So to me, it's like, yeah, this is um, like the the expected amount of control. Yeah, I'm OK with it, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to go too far. Yeah. Spoken like a true Canadian. We out here. <laughs> I'm okay with a little control. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's also interesting the fact that it will track you and compare you to like the global average, mm, like rankings. Yeah, so people are gonna be like, "Oh, I'm like I'm below average." I'm oh, like, and then it's just they're like, "Oh, look at my credit score. Mine's better than yours." And it's like, whatever. One hundred percent. It's gonna be like, like the at brunch, like with your friends, and it's like, "What's your ESG?" Yeah. Like I've been able to get mine down to a whatever. It's like, oh, you're still at a 10? Like, what are you buying? Like, da, 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 or like, whatever. It's like. Dude, it's weird. Because <laughs> we don't talk about our credit scores. No. Like, none of us showed up and go, well, what's your credit score? Mine's yeah. great. Yeah. We don't talk about that. But we've conditioned our society to start sharing about that type of credit score, though. Yes. we. Yeah. Well, we've conditioned, don't talk about number. Like, big yeah. businesses, for one, corporations don't want you to talk about your salary. Because then everyone knows what you make. And if you're, it's like, you. everyone talk about your salary. I encourage, tell everyone what you make. Mm-hmm. Especially if you work in the same company, a hundred percent find out what your peers make. And then number two, it's like um, uh, the credit score thing. It's like yeah, now now it's like a social credit score where it's like oh, I'm super environmentally conscious and you're not. Like, uh, only we can hang out. Yeah, yeah. It's like then don't yeah. don't come near me, freak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like that's yeah. We've like we've bred a society that kind of does that. Um, you know, and that's like, it's, it's not far off and it makes sense now. Like, just stay out of my business in general. Mm. If I'm close enough with you, you'll know. Yeah. True. What's your ESG score, Philip? I don't know. I fly to Norway like every Christmas is probably high. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine's all ripping down the 102 every day. Cause we, I don't live near the city. True. So it's like, what do you want me to do? Take Halifax transit? Dong. That <laughs> needs like a total revamp. Dude, it does. I'm in the Halifax Transit group on Facebook, and there, like, there's a couple local MPs or whatever you want to call them, like people in there, yeah. uh, for our local government. 
and they all come are just tagging them and they're like, when are you gonna fix this? Like this bus is like three buses have drove by me. No one's stopping. Like what's going on? No. And I'm just like, like Metro Transit or Halifax Transit now, as it's called. I mean, it's probably like, I mean, I don't want to say it's one of the worst, but it's really not great. No, it's like, it's. I mean, they're already set up for a loss because of how the city's laid out in general. Um, how it was like, it's a walkable city. We're not yeah. a drivable city. No, and so like. Yeah, it's not meant for big big expansion. Unfortunately, like it ha- we have to develop outside the city, really. And the only way you could like we can never have underground rail. No. So sky trains are immediately that's like way more expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, their idea to expand the ferry system, I think, is actually that makes the most sense. That's a ferry to Bedford, right? Yeah, that would be super helpful. Yeah, it was like fair. I wouldn't need to take uh, the highway. Mm-hmm. I could get to downtown just by driving to the parking lot and getting on the boat. Exactly. And they're thinking, so it was expanding to, yeah, obviously you have the Woodside, Alderney, Halifax, and then expand to Bedford and as well as Shannon Park. Oh, interesting. So everyone can fly down the highway, get off the highway, park, take the ferry That would make it so easy. And then I could just walk to whatever once I'm on Halifax. Because, yeah, like for the most part, like all the important things in Halifax are around the harbor. So why not just use the harbor as your transportation system? Literally, because like say I needed to come downtown, like, I would need to go to like the banks I deal with, which which are all like near down, like near Argyle Street. Mm-hmm. I can literally just walk up from the from the friggin' yeah. uh, drop off and then just go back home when I'm done. Exactly, and then we're getting those for three el- bucks. And we're getting those electric ferries. That ESG score will be pumping, baby. It's so interesting what's happening. And listen, I think there are things that we need. The, 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 environmental harm is real. Like it's 100 yeah. percent happening. Totally. I like things like that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, encourage me to not take my vehicle. Mm-hmm. I'll do yeah. it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like, if I could just drive down to Shannon Park or drive in your case, drive down to Bedford. If I just drove, yeah, down the Bedford Highway to a parking lot. Yeah. Get on the ferry and just taking this. That'd be amazing. Yes. But what they'll do is they'll build it. They won't build a sizable parking lot. They'll put it in a place no one asks for, mm-hmm. and it will not run the same route as the ones downtown. It'll run like once. It'll, it will run differently. It'll be different, and once it will an suck. Hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll make a crappy version of it. Yes, mm-hmm. like and because I know it's so much longer, then there should be two. Yeah, like because it needs to run as frequently. Yeah, people are living in Bedford because there's nowhere else to live. That's where things are being built. Yeah, and if you and if you could take like a if we'd have like a ferry system that really worked well out of Bedford. How much burden take off that Bedford Highway? Dude, and the 102. Yeah, and the 102. Because if you live in Hammonds Plains or Sackville, those people would come to the Bedford Terminal mm-hmm. and get on the boat. Yeah. That's just, so. I mean, even adding another stop on the Halifax side mm-hmm. could just open the possibility for more just more transportation across there, too. Because yeah. there's people that need to go to the north end that, you know, taking the ferry all the way down to the... Yes. Not oh yeah. Yeah. At all. So Maybe if they open sh- up another stop, there's more, more places where the ferries can stop, and then you can have more ferries just actually active at the same time. Yes, like they're exactly right. Every everyone that comes from Dartmouth could also go to one like by the container sh- container pier. Be a first. Be the first in the world to make literally like one of the most complicated transportation ferry systems. We could do it here if there were smart people huge. involved. Yeah, ginormous. I get. There's a lot of like trade coming in and out but there's a way to do it and you can navigate you literally can navigate that Mm -hmm. yeah like the boat's only there until it's docked yeah and then it's not there Mm -hmm. for like hours for days (laughs) yeah exactly i'd be like 
it's, there's something cool that could happen here um, and like really limit the traffic. And you could just call up the container pier and say like, is, is it, and I was, I'm not educated on how boats work, mm-hmm. like it, of like container boats, yeah. but couldn't you just schedule it so they all arrive at night? Mm. Then there's no one who needs ferries or schedule them to arrive after the ferry stops working. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I just like, we, like we do a lot of like trade. I, I know, we're yeah. the biggest port. Yeah, and so that, and then, like, they're on an international schedule, right? So you got ferries coming in from Europe. Yeah, I know. So that's just, like, it's just a, it would be a lot. But, like, still. Um, Why not build on the pier, then? Why not build on the one down in the south end? That's, like, that was that's an idea. And for, stop all that traffic into the harbor. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, right there at Point Pleasant. Yeah. It doesn't even need to come into the peninsula exactly or even have reg's idea of like yes you know to stack up woodside you know and that way it keeps to one side yeah it only affects one ferry exactly and uh yeah it'd just be and like that and well and that's and even where he's thinking of like putting like all the container ships is like on the other side of the woodside ferry so like it really wouldn't affect oh yeah like it wouldn't affect it at all and then you have the all the trucks that can come in off the highway pick up their they can literally come right in by the end of Irving. Mm-hmm. And and this is all, again, that's Reg's idea. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, it would work. I think it would work well. Um, it's just like we have uh, we have people who don't like to work together, politics between people, and that we're ca- causes people not to do cool things. So stay woke. Yeah. And also just in terms of how big of having the most advanced ferry system and like First of all, Canada, North America, or even the world would be as a tourism drive because that is a lot of, you know, totally. A hundred percent. I literally had to go find the deepest subway tunnel in Montreal. Like I, I saw it because on the internet, it's like the deepest subway in Canada is in Montreal. And I was like, mm. well, I want to go to that stop. Right. <laughs> I'm a tourist. It's fun. Yeah. So it's like, who wouldn't want to like come and see the world's biggest water trans communication thing like it's like <laughs> i was gonna say transatlantic but it's not transatlantic but yeah no, yeah yeah like it's atlantic ocean technically yeah, it's true <laughs> technically it's atlantic ocean but yeah like yeah like yeah the most complex transit water transit system i think it'd be cool it would be really cool or even often like offer ferries that not as often but they go around and go over to peggy's cove so you can see the entire waterfront until Peggy's Cove, and then it gets Peggy's Cove, and then it goes back, right? You can mm-hmm. do tourism ferries like that, too. And it's just a lot of opportunity there that's just Nazis whatsoever. I know. We literally, like, everywhere in this province is basically uh, within an hour of water. Yeah. Like, you can get everywhere within an hour of water. Totally. So, that's like a... Pre- Use it. That's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had a boat going from here to, like... um. Where's someone like like Chesapeake? Yeah, and it's like okay, so now I'm in Chesapeake, and then that's such an opportunity for each community to set up their own ride sharing right at the dock. For each community to set up their own um, like car rentals or bike or um, kayak rent, like capitalize on that. I don't get it. Move people around on the water. There's no traffic on the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next to none. None, and it doesn't freeze over. Ever like, we have one of the f- we have one of the few harbors that don't freeze. Yep, all year round, baby. Oh, it'd be sick. It'd be sweet. There's, I would love to see it. I know. Yeah, and that's like, and this is to make it very clear to the homies 
who uh, think that we're just like cranky old conservative men. No, we really do want to see what's great for the earth. We think I there's would, ways to do I it. would take the ferry. Yeah, I would 100% take that ferry. There's just no way. I'm not going to drive from Bedford to Dartmouth to take the ferry to downtown Halifax. Yeah. That's what's dumb. the point? Exactly. Like, like I knew we, our cities expanded a lot when yes. I tried to get over to how, downtown Halifax for the parade of lights. Dog, we came three hours early. Dang. I tried going over. I've never seen a line for the ferry at the Alderney Ferry in my life like that ever. Ever. Yeah. I've lived here eleven years. Yeah. I haven't seen it that way. Oh yeah. It was obviously the the whole like lobby area was absolutely crammed with people waiting for the ferry. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lineup, and the line went all the way to Portland Street. <gasps> I couldn't believe it. From Alderney. From Alderney. So out, kind of wound around, up the stairs, all the way to the streetlights at Portland. I was like, yikes. This is crazy. To get on the to, ferry. To go to the Parade of Lights. I've never seen it like that. Yeah, man. It, the, the city's a gridlock. Yeah. It's nuts. That's what I said. I was just in New York. The traffic doesn't stop. There's a ton of cars, but they are all moving. There's, like, on their equivalent of the Bedford Highway, it's four lanes each way. America. That's epic. <laughs> and if you know your exit's coming up, you just start moving over. Right. And then you get off. Driving in Manhattan was so much easier than driving here. Dude, that's a hot take. I never had to slam on the brakes. I never. I only had to honk once. People there, it's a smooth system, man. So, for the sake of the homies, say that exactly. What is it again? Driving in Manhattan was way easier than driving in Nova Scotia. Woo! 100%. No one knows what it means. Way easier. It's easier to drive in Toronto, in my opinion. Gee. Here, it's like, even just like today, the amount of times people will, coming off the M- McDonald Bridge, and then, you know, you can go straight up toward Godigan or hook right down onto Barrington. The amount of people that come to a complete stop to take the right onto Barrington is dumb. It's so dumb. Everyone's, because lo- it's one lane, so we all, they lock their brakes, lock brakes, lock brakes. All of a sudden, the whole bridge is stopped because one person wants to go right on Barrington yeah. at a yield. Yeah. You don't have to stop when no one's there. Yeah. They all treat it as a stop sign. It's stupid. I'm going to say this. Um, this is my hot take. Uh, no questions. Don't know how to drive. They don't. That's not a hot take. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> True. You know, you right. You right. A hundred percent, they do not know how to drive. No. I, uh. Uh, yeah, I'll let the, yeah, the people that are from here, I'll let you guys talk. Uh, well, uh, it was so much easier, man. It <laughs> was so much easier. It's good to know. Yeah, I don't blame. I, I mean, I would agree with it. I find it a lot easier to drive in Toronto than to drive here. Um, but and everyone's got somewhere to be, and they all want to get there safely. Right. So it's like this common ground of like, let's get there, but we won't kill each other. Mm-hmm. But let's here. It's like I have nowhere to be, and I don't know any of the rules of the road. <laughs> True. So they're all driving slow and stupidly. And I also heard here as well, the driving schools teach you to drive 10 and under. The driving school literally said, you, if you don't have to go to the speed limit, go 45. That's what my driving instructor taught me. My dad was literally like, when I learned how to drive, they said you match the speed of traffic, otherwise it's dangerous. Yeah. So they taught me in Toronto. If it says 50 and everyone's going 60 and you're going 50, you're a hazard. Mm-hmm. Crazy, man. All right, well, there's that. Let's. Uh, oh, when people will slam onto a brake on the highway, they'll put in their four ways on. 
and all of a sudden you come in, there's a line of traffic that you could have been warned about way back True. there. No one uses their four ways for anything other than when they're illegally parked going to Tim Hortons. <laughs> That's when we use our four ways here. Yeah. Like they're for a reason. <laughs> all right. Let's Get one more out of your system. Is there any more hot takes? No, that's it. That's, that's it. it for, that's it for tonight. Yeah, that's it. I uh, came across a highlight from the House of Commons. I think we'll end on this, which I thought was funny. I love it. Um, Let's end on the funny. Conservatives and liberals yelling at each other in the House of Commons. Well, there's nothing like it. Typical. And I'm just going to leave it at that. It's just funny. All right. I haven't seen this. It starts with a conservative um, MP from Calgary. Okay. Year highs in liberal food inflation is forcing more families into food banks than ever. Yesterday, the PBO said the savings the liberals are claiming aren't transparent and has the finance minister looking more like Pinocchio. She's out to lunch while Canadians have to skip lunch. Will the finance minister show some compassion and cancel the cruel triple, triple, tripling of taxes on groceries? The Honourable Minister for Families. First of all, my honourable colleague is absolutely false. There is no tripling of taxes that is coming forward. Mr. Speaker, when they talk about compassion, they should look in the mirror. They've had several opportunities over the past couple of weeks to support families in need, whether it was the Canada Dental Benefit that they voted against, whether it was the Canada Housing Benefit that they voted against, whether it was childcare that they voted against. Mr. Speaker, they have had real opportunities to support Canadians, and at each opportunity, they have not. All right, here we go. Wait for this one. Here it goes, y'all. Why would anyone take advice from a minister who broke Passports Canada and Service Canada? Or an immigration minister who broke immigration? Or a housing minister who broke housing? Or a transport minister who broke our airports? Or a finance minister who broke the banks of Canadians? Or a prime minister who broke his promises and broke Canada? Why would anyone believe that? They should apologize for Look at him! Yeah. <laughs> I was dead, bro. Like, that's kind of where it ends. But, like, he just goes off on a tangent. Goes after all the ministers. Uh, he, he pointed at yeah, each yeah, of them. Yeah. <laughs> and this prime minister who broke Canada. <laughs> I've never heard him talk before. No. And this was an iconic first appearance. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you could tell it was, like, at that moment when she responded back. She knew what she was ready for. Yeah. Like, she was like, it's coming. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I saw it in him, like... He, his notes dropped. That was totally off the dome. Oh, he was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to get her. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I saw that this week. I was laughing so hard just because, like, I mean, you can tell from both sides that they have they have their, their lines they got to hit. And so, you know, the triple, 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 you know, all that stuff. Yes. You're just like, here we go. Like, the one lately has been the, the liberals are out of touch. Yeah. They've been saying that a lot. Yeah. I'm like, that's getting old. Yeah. Find a new buzzword. <laughs> it's marketing, you know. It is. Yeah. They Dude, they're sure selling so. it. They, they, they saw what Donald Trump did when he got to power. That's that's how they're falling. Oh my god! It's so funny watching people around the world watch our uh, House of Commons. There, for Canadians, it's unbelievably chaotic. Oh, it's because people expect Canadians to be like the oh, I'm sorry, how are you doing? Like the classic Canadian. Yeah. Not here. No, <laughs> they're savage here, man. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Stuff that comes out in some of these is like hilarious like i actually like heard like pierre polyev like low-key cuss one point oh yeah like i mean you can't do that in there definitely though. can't do it um but yeah who, he was going off about just like again the the increase of money and stuff of like something that. everything's and so, going up and you can tell you know again he's a politician so he you know you can tell the performance was on and he's like you know um you know i think it was freeland that came back saying you know, her, her her usual pizzazz and he just like this for our community here, you know, 
money's gone up our expenses have gone up 15 percent um groceries are gone up x y and z percent and with your tax their heating bills are now going to go up another 25 percent and now i got constituents in my riding who literally because of the increase of the interest rates can't afford their mortgage what the hell are they going to do now he sat down and then obviously the house speaker's like we are that's technically not a cuss word but that's a little bit right in the line so what just be careful out here all right <laughs> the, the 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 speaker is literally just a referee yeah, that's all he is <laughs> so i was laughing so hard i was like oh there's a, a female um uh speaker mm. who's there sometimes mm-hmm. she keeps them in check man she, she doesn't does. she does not take it <laughs> it's it's really impressive to watch yeah i, I wonder what it'd be like to be a house speaker for a day I bet she loves her job. She's because she's like immune. Right. She just is there to direct the room. Yeah. But she gets to like witness this every day. Yeah. It's like it's probably fun. People's yelling at each other. Yeah. I'm gonna let this one go on for a little bit. Right. It's like, or she'll be like, they have a good point. I'll let them keep going. Yeah. Like let them hear this. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if their voting bias ever affects who they let talk. I'm. I'd be curious. And what's the vetting process to even become a speaker? Mm. Like, how do they confirm they're not biased? Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. All I know is I find the House of Commons probably the least constructive. Oh, it's a gong show. Like, it, it, <laughs> it's for it's, nothing. It's not a great government body. Nothing comes out of it. No. Everyone just, leaves upset. Everyone leaves mad. It's just like a time to dunk on each other. It's literally Twitter live. Yes. It's like, <laughs> what did you do this week that's cancelable? Yeah. And I'm going to shout it at you from across the room. Exactly. Oh, God bless. But ask for permission first from the speaker. Yeah. <laughs> And, and post that as a question. Of course. Yeah, have to post that as a question. Yes, because you can't state anything to people, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah, right? and you can't call people by name. Yes, they're all by minister of, yeah. or my, the my rep- colleague from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my colleague of Carlton. Yeah. yeah. Gee, here That's we go. crazy. Oh. So many rules. <laughs> and it's, it's like almost like you have to like, there's um, a decorum around how you start a conversation or how you start a comment how you end it mm-hmm. but feel like anything you say between those two points is just fair free game. free play <laughs> as long as you don't cuss like you say whatever yeah. you want yeah and then uh and then you have to pose another question now yeah and then tie it up in a nice little bow yeah <laughs> it's so crazy i love it oh god bless well it's great to be on another show with you guys it wanted this again it was great dog this was a this was all over the place yeah Hopefully it makes sense. Yeah. And I really do feel like uh, those are the best shows. So we're here for Yeah, me too. Yeah. So whatever it is you're doing, whether you be taking the ferry to work. Dog. Oh, my (laughs) God. Mine too. Mine too. We're, oh. Or in the House of Commons. Oh, God. That's two in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Or I forget what to say. Whatever it is you're doing. Wherever you are. We love you. We're out. Peace.